This episode of the Second Floor Podcast is brought to you by Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. All right, we're going to get into our very special guest. His name's Inderbeer Singh Gill, and he is a FIBA 3-on-3 and 3BL ball player, basketball player, that is. So Inderbeer was at a crossroads in his life where he needed to decide if he was ready to put in the towel to begin his coaching career or continue playing for the love of the game. When the NBA reaches out to you for a coaching gig, any sane human would take that golden opportunity to kickstart a new fruitful chapter in their life. Inderbeer was offered this and he had less than 48 hours to make his choice and he chose to decline it and play for a brand new franchise, or sorry, brand new league and franchise without ever regretting the decision. Kenny and Inderbeer talk about gut instinct, why fueling your passion will benefit you in the long run, the importance of athleticism for landing a successful career, and how you know you are making the right decision when you're tied up between all the options. Without further ado, here is Inderbeer and Kenny. This episode of the Second Floor Podcast is brought to you by Pod Power. With Pod Power, our sponsors are making it possible for us to amplify the voices of Albertans and Alberta podcasters. This episode, Edmonton Community Foundation is helping us give a Pod Power shout out to Bookwoman. Bookwoman is a podcast about editing, publishing, and writing Indigenous stories. Three Métis librarians representing nations from across the homeland aim to inspire Indigenous peoples to share their stories in whatever form they enjoy. Guests include storytellers from diverse mediums like podcasting, burlesque, books, comics, social media, film, music, and everything in between. You can listen and find out more at bookwomanpodcast.ca. Now, back to the Second Floor Podcast. All right, we are now with our guest virtually all the way up from Thailand. We're on the Full Switch series. I'm your co-host, Kenny, and I am very excited to bring on the one and only Inderbeer Gill out in Thailand right now, you know, <laughs> doing what he loves, playing the sport of basketball and, you know, making a name for himself. And I would love to give you the floor, Inderbeer, to share with us a little bit of, you know, what you're involved in right now and um, how you're a leader in the space of basketball today? Well, first of all, Kenny, thanks for having me on this show, man. I really, really appreciate it. I know we talked before, but anytime and I get an opportunity to, uh, you know, talk about my story or talk about my experiences, man, it's always a great experience. So I want to thank you for giving me the platform. Um, and man, as far as man, what I'm doing in Thailand, I'm playing basketball in the first ever 3x3 professional basketball league here in uh, Bangkok, Thailand. And, you know, we had a tournament last week, which my team, we lost in the finals. We have another tournament this today, actually, in the evening. And, uh, you know, I'll be here until mid-December. The goal is to win the championship here and uh, hopefully, you know, um, you know, play in the FIBA World Tours coming up next year. That is awesome, man. And rightfully so. I know that that has your name written all over it. I, I think, you know, for someone like myself who uh, can appreciate the sport of basketball, when you think of three on three, it must be so much more fast paced, so much more high energy uh, and like obviously more 
playtime. Like you must be having to work. What would I say? Two or three times harder than normal because it's only three on three. Do I do I have that correct? I think that you hit it right on the head. Uh, you know, I've been playing five on five man, my whole life. You know, that's how I fell in love with the game. But when I was introduced to three x three basketball in two thousand sixteen, I kind of looked at it as like as a fun way to kind of you know make some money and just kind of fun way to be involved with basketball. But man, I didn't realize how extremely tough this game is how uh, how demanding this game is as far as your physical requirements and how much of a toll it takes on your overall body man in order to be very successful at this game so uh since then man it's been uh, actually a lot of fun playing this format because it's just a faster format uh of basketball and as you see the trend these days with cricket you know from like 50 overs now it's t20 you know, with volleyball, you got, you know, beach volleyball. Even with football, you got futsal. So I think with our generation, with the people the way they are, especially with having, you know, ADD, right? People can't be watching too many, uh, something for so long. So I think this is a perfect format for uh, basketball fans to enjoy a game that is so beautiful. And it's very intense, very entertaining, very fast-paced. So I encourage all the people to really, you know, get into 3x3 basketball because I feel like this is a new big wave that's going to take over. That's exciting, man. And that, that that's such a good reminder to see how many different sports leagues are evolving outside the leagues, but just different ways of enjoying the sport. I noticed that even with yeah. jiu-jitsu, man, like jiu-jitsu right. is part of itself. And then nowadays there's things called slap jiu-jitsu where you could slap <laughs> the person. Like, right? Like, just go <laughs> on. And it's just like, yo, like, let's just add another layer to the sport that's going to make it perhaps entertaining. And I like how right, right, right. everyone's got different attention spans now. And, you know, it's mm-hmm. cool to hear how even though you have so much experience and you've built a career through basketball and you played it through the traditional rules, you still feel like there's a different way you have to train and go into this sport. What would you say something that you notice you have to do more or less of now to playing three on three mm-hmm. in their beer that like you maybe didn't train as much before, but because it's three on three now, there may be a higher yeah. demand for something that that is needed from your system. What is that really? Right. So Kenny, great question, right? Like for basketball as, as, as a player, you know, um, I have to be very honest with myself. You know, if I'm, if I keep living in the same like passes like your five on five and you know you can't treat this game as a five on five game just like maybe like jiu-jitsu like slab jiu-jitsu has to be different right there has to be different techniques that go in it and there are different strategies for that uh that are going to make you win the game or make you win the match same concepts apply in 3x3 your training has to be different in five on five man you have 12 players you have coaches right that can guide you you have a bigger support system. Here, you only have four players. You have no coaches, right? So you kind of have to rely on, on your own basketball IQ and your own basketball knowledge to really pick yourself up when you're really down because, you know, you lose and you get hit and, you you know, you there's a lot of ups and downs in any sport. So whereas in 5-on-5, five five, you have a lot of big support system. You have coaches who tell you, hey, you should do this. Maybe we should do this next game. Here, you got to come up with this on your own. And I think that's one challenge that I really admire and I appreciate because it tests my own, like I'm challenging myself every day, 
right? Because if I'm not winning, hey, man, it's on me because I'm not doing maybe the right things that require me to get a W. So uh, it's, a, it's, it's a, you know, ongoing challenge every day. And I feel like that's what, you know, makes me get up every morning and accept the day and be excited about the day because I know I'm going to learn something and I know I have to accomplish something. That must be different without a coach too, right? Because that, that's news to me. Like it's not often mm. someone plays in a league and doesn't have a coach to lead the ship. So how do you and your team of three others, it seems, right? Because you have one sub. Mm-hmm. How do you all hold one another accountable to get better? Uh, man, it's really, you know, it depends on personalities. You know, it depends on how the team is put together. You know, my nickname, everybody calls me the general. And I think that's, that's what I bring on to the club. Like yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like I have split personalities. Whenever I'm on the court, I'm always, you know, telling people what to do, what they should, shouldn't do. I feel like I'm the coach on the, on, the, on the court. So I think that's one of my assets that I bring. I bring leadership. You know, I'm going to bring, uh, you know, different kind of strategies into the game. And uh, just overall, you know, I've always been a captain on, on all of my basketball teams. So I bring that experience. But as far as, you know, holding each other accountable, man, it's tough because, you know, we're all grown men, right? You don't want to step on each other's uh, foot or whatever, on egos, right? There's a lot to be um, concerned about, man. But I've just been very, very lucky that I've had a great, I've had some great teammates um, that have taught me a lot over the years. And I have great, some really bad teammates that have taught me a lot over the years as well. So, uh, you know, overall, man, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, like I said, man, it's a challenge, right? So you just have to overcome it. You have to keep getting better. And that's uh, just what, ke- that's what keeps me going every day. Well, that's the thing. I mean, there's a certain persona that we carry in a different field and environment we're in. Uh, and this happens, I find, to a lot of athletes. You mentioned earlier how you, you don't recognize that you're the same person on the court compared to off the court. Reminds you so much. I had the same conversation with my other friend who professionally has played basketball for Spain and he now runs his own academy. It's called In the Details. And he says how much Mm -hmm. like he is a different person on the court compared to off. And it's like you almost need that switch, you know, for our listeners out there also who are, you know, trying to behave in a certain way and, and actually take action in something they're doing work related is that necessarily, are they being the same person they would act when they're sitting on the couch, hanging out with their kids at home? Whatever that right. is, is how do you make that switch happen? And if you're able to admit that, I'm glad you did, man, because I'm the same way, man. Like when I go out, you're not going to see me smiling year to year when yeah. I'm training uh, or sorry, when I'm competing in a jujitsu match. I'm trying to uh, not let emotions get in the way. But what I am trying to insinuate is I'm dialed in. I'm game ready. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm right, right, right. On like one task at hand right now. And it's like, there's nothing else that matters. But like, right. now we could arguably say, what makes us as athletes make the switch to then be right. able to be ready? And, and, you know, what do you do to make that switch happen? And why do you think it sounds like it's important for you in their beer to mm-hmm. have a switch? For sure, man. I think the switch is very necessary. But Kenny, like, I want to, I wanted to ask you, uh, uh, uh like something along, the same topic right because i feel like i'm struggling with this mm. because as i'm maturing right because i used to be i would say a little bit mean right so it's easy for me to turn the switch and be this very serious kind of a mean basketball player 
you know, but I think it's necessary. I don't know if you've seen like uh, the last dance with Michael Jordan, right? He's a, he's a terrible teammate. He's very tough on his teammates, Savage. but he wins, right? Savage, right? But he, but I think that you need that switch. You need to be very, like, kind of serious. Oh, you need to be serious. You need to be a savage on the court, right? Or any field that you're playing, especially sports. But as human beings, you know, I feel like we got to be very nice people. You know, we got to care for each other. We got to show empathy, kindness, and all that. But on the, on the, on the court, man, you can't be kind, you know, and you can't show that empathy because if you show that, that's a weakness and you end up losing. So as I was saying earlier, you know, for me, as I'm maturing, I am learning, you know, you learn more about life because, you know, it's not just only about basketball as it was for me before. I mean, basketball is my life. I eat, sleep, anything I'm thinking about, all my 100% of my thoughts are catered towards basketball. But obviously, like I said, as I'm maturing, you you think more about like overall life and you think about, man, like if I'm a, you know, a-hole on the court, Right. I don't like that personality of myself that's being portrayed or as I am on the court because they're like, hey, man, I got ego. I'm cocky on the court. And when I see sometimes myself uh, like making that switch now, I just start laughing because I'm like, bro, that's not really me anymore. You know, great stories are timeless. To be a great storyteller, one must bridge the gap between an alluring narrative and the audience to pull with the heartstrings, and to shape the imagination. At Q Films Media, we're more than just a media production agency. We are a powerhouse of creative individuals, content creators, who specialize in telling great stories. Stories that are intimate and kept closest to the heart. Stories that are powerful and inspiring that spark boldness and action. We are Q Films Media. We're here to tell your story. We are always unseen. Uh, and that's all I wanted to ask you. When you're a host, and you know you say you're you know you got to smile from ear to ear, and all of a sudden you got to go into a jiu-jitsu match, right? It's uh, the do you do you struggle with that with your like you know how uh charismatic you are you know how happy you are to all of a sudden man you're a mean guy you're about to kick somebody's ass you know yeah no wow that's a good point man like you know first of all i appreciate you being vulnerable enough to share that you're you're struggling with this and you're trying to like navigate how you show up on the court now because it reminds me so much of the switch that happened for me recently is i ironically enough putting this pressure on myself made me perform worse. So I'm just going to share that right off the bat. Mm. I thinking, Oh, I've traveled this far. I've put money into this. I must win thinking. So outcome based and taking it too seriously with perhaps mm. maybe the way you were acting before, right? Like, Oh, mm. like I got to be like Michael Jordan, right? Like we'll compare ourselves to goats. We'll act and put on this persona. I did that. And now mm-hmm. when I think back, I'm thinking about in the the expenditure of energy I put into being emotionally driven for an outcome that I can't predict. Mm-hmm. What I can predict is showing up and playing the game as flawlessly as I play it when no one's watching. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Flawlessly as I play it when win or lose doesn't matter. 
You know, it's right, funny right. how sometimes we say, right, like we've had the best practices or we we sometimes tell ourselves like, yo, like, why can't sometimes the pressure of an athlete or someone who's performing going out on stage, we wonder why was the time practicing this better off than the time I actually needed to have it matter more. Right, and that's right, right. all pressure. That's all looking mm-hmm. at the game like it's a ride or die situation. I personally, right. what's worked for me, man, I got rid of that pressure. What mm-hmm. I do, and I, I've heard uh, goats in the game, man, Gobrinha, he's someone that mm-hmm. said this. He's a world champion in jiu-jitsu, um, like over 10-time world champion. And he runs a very successful lineage now. Um, another person, Sadhguru, very well known around mm-hmm. the world right now, right, as an influencer. And I feel like even calling him an influencer doesn't give him enough justice. He's really right. so many things to change the world. But this is what they've said that's resonated with me. Mm-hmm. They've said things along the lines of, when you go and are you're performing, perform the play, mm-hmm. right? So when you look at someone, this is how Sadhguru put it, a tennis player that is keeping one eye on the ball and their other eye on winning, they now only have one eye. They have, one, yeah, yeah. They have half of the amount of attention on needing to focus on what's right in front of them. So right, 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 the right. game and do it flawlessly, do it joyfully, he says. Mm-hmm. Use that word joyfully. Yeah, yeah. Do it for all the right, reasons right. why you started it in the first place. And then Bro. whatever will happen outcome-wise will happen naturally, but go to play the game. And then Man, you, you, you show up like emotionless, like like the, the no nerves. And now you're just right. ready to play and it's just, it's beautiful, man. And I made that switch, man. Game changer, brother. Wow, man. That's so beautiful, man, because I feel like I'm right on the verge. You know, I'm like, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like the joy of the game. Like my favorite quote of all time is, I don't know who said it, but I, for Jordan say like long time ago, right? Uh, it was stay true to the game and the game will always be true to you. Right. And then when I first, I told you when I got first got the opportunity to play basketball in 2016, this is after, you know, I've been player of the year, man, male athlete of the year, all of this and never got a chance. Finally get a chance after five years after graduating from Canada uh, college. And I remember when I first got the opportunity, there's so much joy. I'm like, hey, man, I'm a professional basketball player. I mean, I'm making money. I'm traveling the world. Right. And we did really well our first year. Like, you know, we were on the top. We, we lost to the we lost in the championship in the finals. And ever since then, because, you know, we set our goal target as hey, championship game. Right. Now it's a break. It's a, it, either you make it to that championship and you win. Not even you, you can't lose in the championship game either. So now our goals, our target is you got to win every year. Hey, so now when your target is to win every year, and this is another topic, right? That's outcome based. And now if I'm only focused on winning, man, like, so I felt like the last few years, the joy of playing was slowly diminishing, right? Just getting less, less, less. And now the pressure is just getting higher, higher, higher. And in result, my performance is going down, down, down. Because yeah. I'm not having fun, right? I'm thinking too much. So literally, like, I would say, man, in the last year, right, COVID blessing in disguise, you know, a lot of time to think, a lot of time to reflect. So I was able to, like, you know, like that verse of your having joy, being happy. It's so important, man. I'm starting to realize that now, and I'm 35, you know, and I'm having the most fun playing as I ever did. You know, like, I mean, I used to put in eight, 10 hours a day 
And, you know, and now I'm putting in close to, you know, that was when I was 20, 24, 25 years old, putting in eight to 10 hours. And now I'm 35 and I'm still putting in close to six to eight hours. And this six to eight hours feels way easier than the time that I used to spend before, because now I'm really enjoying like just getting better, like the small, small fundamentals in the game. I'm having so much fun just, you know, like polishing it or learning new skills and like actually thinking I'm getting better compared to like, oh, man, we better win this game or there's a tournament coming up. You know, I got to get ready for that. So I, I see your point, man. And I think it's, it's a very, very good point that you made. And I thank you, man, because like it kind of, kind of just confirms that, okay, I'm there. I just got to push it a little bit harder. Yeah, man, 100%. I, I love that example you gave about what that felt like because it's a reminder of the pressure we sometimes inadvertently put on ourselves where it's like, yeah, getting told that we have the opportunity or that we're going to need to win every year. That's exciting. We could talk all day about the benefits of winning, the status, the reputation, the sponsors, the accolades that come with it. But let's first think about, okay, I love how you mentioned it just now. It's like, if I just focus on my skill sets, if I focus on my abilities, what am I good at now? What are the holes I'm going to need to fill now in this new way of playing three on three? Um, Mm -hmm. You know what? And and that's kind of now down to how am I practicing? You know, now, now we're starting Mm -hmm. to get at the concepts of how to actually effectively practice because everyone can talk about um, court time. Everyone can talk about, you know, buckets that are being thrown and spending all that time and energy in, Oh yeah, Mm -hmm. man, I was up at early 4am and I was practicing. But how did you practice? Exactly. And and that is the concept of where how is important. But I feel Mm -hmm. like if we just sit around how all day, where I love that point you made about like the less amount of, let's just say, energy you have and the more time you spend doing something, if you keep doing it at a lower amount of energy and passion, Mm -hmm. you're not actually going to translate that over into productivity because you're just becoming a lesser um, version of yourself. But now yeah, it's like, yeah, okay, yeah. how I need to go about my practice. Let's mix it in with why I'm doing this. And right. it's almost like a constant reminder, man. I talk about this with my trainers that get burnt out after four months of 10 hour days, six, seven days a week, constantly mm-hmm. going like you got the dismay of other people. You almost feel like you're a servant, just constantly proving to people why they need you as a trainer. It could be soul sucking. But if you right. keep optimizing how you're approaching people and how you're training them, okay, take that. Now, why you keep doing this? Right, right, right. The thing is, man, we don't talk a lot about like how we feel after the losses. We get put on a pedestal during the wins. Everyone wants to hear about how you won, why you do it. But when you lose, because that's going to happen, you got to remind yourself again, why am I doing this and how did I lose? Because I was was talking about this with my training partner the other day, man. He's like, man, he's like, he says a name. Let's just call him for lack of a better memory, a Larry Smith. He's like, man, Larry Smith, whenever I think of that guy's name, brings me right back to that loss. He asked me a great question. He's like, Kenny, how do you deal with losses? I'm like, wow, man. Well, first and foremost, great question. Mm-hmm. Second of all, I'll tell you right off the bat. I tell myself, however way I lost, don't lose like that again. Yeah, yeah. Ever prevented me from winning. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to narrow in on, on, on situations I was in where I'm like, ah, that moment, that's where they had the upper mm-hmm. hand. They put me on my back, right. and then the court, the ball's now in their court. Right. Now, I'm going to drill that situation. I'm going to dissect that situation. 
I'm going to make sure right. I make that situation my strength as opposed to my weakness now. Because if mm -hmm. I go back in that situation again, then I really lost because I didn't take the time right, right. To, to, to figure out when I'm in that situation again, how to make sure it's still advantageously in my court. And hundred percent, man, hundred percent. You know, like that, that's when even I'm telling him this, and it was a reminder for me in the beer. I'm like, I got to make sure that I'm practicing smart, not just hard. Mm -hmm. and, and man, that it's so true because, you know, like when we're kids, right? Everybody's like, man, put like, you got to, like, you know, you hear NBA players or you hear these athletes, man, I'm waking up at 4 a.m. I'm getting my first workout by six o'clock or like, you know, I'm done with my first workout at six o'clock and then I'm my second workout at 10 o'clock. And then my third workout, this and that. And, you know, there is a huge chance of obviously burning out, right? But if you're not, like, if you're just doing the workout just to do it, like, oh, okay, well, I'm supposed to go work out, right? And like you're saying, like, if, if the intensity needs to be up here at 100% on all your workouts, and you're only, because since you got to work out eight hours a day, you're only giving in 20% in all your workouts, obviously, you're not going to improve. And I've noticed that over the years too, like the understanding of what I need from my body, right? What I need from my workouts and just being smarter about how to work out has been so great, man. You know, it's, this is, that's, that's part of the challenge that I, uh, that I like to, uh, that I love, that I, that I really enjoy. Cause you can, like you're talking about when you lose, you dissect why you lost. And now I think when you're losing, that's when you dissect everything. Be like, oh man, am I practicing the right way? Right? Am I like not putting in enough hours? Am I putting in too much? Am I too burnt out? That's so that loss, questions, right? Right. You gotta ask. You gotta be so honest with yourself. And if you can't be honest with yourself, then you can't be honest with nobody, right? So then that. you're not gonna see the results either. It, it reminds me so much of like everything else in life, man. Like like you know that like month end review or quarterly review at work, right? It's like you know what am I like if I keep spinning the wheels the same way. I'm going to get the same result. So if I need to make changes, I have to reverse engineer some of the things I'm doing, even down to relationships, right? Like we get ego cut in the way and we we're trying so hard to get, let's just say if we're in a situation, a significant other to hear where we're coming from. But first, just look at what you need to do. Like you need to put right. yourself in the situation of the other person and wonder why they are deciding to get upset at you in the first place over something and ask yourself if you can actually make that change or not. Otherwise, it just history keeps repeating itself. That's why I, I love, man. I just, I love athleticism. I love being a, a competitor, whether it's for the reasons of trying to be the best at what you're doing or just challenging yourself because it gets you to ask yourself these questions. No one just competes, mm -hmm. especially in vigorous sports like what we do. It's taxing. You have to be yeah. in shape. You have to be physically and mentally like ready. And mm -hmm. It's so cool to see how with what we're talking about, the brain works and the questions we ask ourselves. And if you're building a bridge to do the same in your personal life, then it's right. Great, right. And yeah, yeah. We'll see this it, it, athletes were wired in a certain way. Right. This episode of the second floor podcast is brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. Life as a business owner can be hectic to say the least. And Alberta Blue Cross understands that they offer flexible health, dental, life, and disability coverage for your employees. Even better, you can let your staff enroll and manage their coverage at any time, on any device. You've got this when it comes to group coverage for your small business, and Alberta Blue Cross has got your back. To learn more and explore your options, head over to ab.bluecross.ca.
Right, right. And, and you know, like oftentimes, sometimes, bro, I really, because when I take my losses really hard, right? Like it's, it's tough for me. And I'm, you know, it, it, and I think in order to be great, you gotta hate losing, right? You can't, you can't get comfortable with losing. But man, I, sometimes I, I often think, bro, I'm like, man, I don't know if I can take this anymore. You know, like, man, the, 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 the side effects of losing, right? Like how it's so ro- such a roller coaster of a journey, especially like, you know, playing jujitsu, you have matches, you win some, you lose some. When you win, yeah, okay, man, I, I'm supposed to do this. But when you lose, frick, man, like everything just, you know, comes down uh, and then you feel like it's the end of the world and now you got to get yourself up again. So I don't know. How, so how do you feel like when you win a match compared to when you lose? Do you hate to lose more than you love to win? Oh, man. Right? Like, I, I, like, I, I deal that's with that a great question. question. <laughs> Winning feels amazing, man, right? Like, you're asking me the difference of the feeling and what I do? Or, like, what do you play more for? Like, do you, like, do you play not to lose or do you play to win? Like, I don't, now, I like, for... now, I'll be very honest. Like, outside of, yes, I was talking about now me focusing on the process and everything. I strictly do it. Of course, yeah. Like, I want to win. Like that, mm-hmm. that, the feeling of winning is far more glorious than how sad you feel as a loser. Like if you were to compare right. both opposite reactions out of what you get, I would argue that you're a sore loser if you let the feeling of losing get to you so badly that you don't enjoy it or the mm-hmm. feeling is high when you win. Because when you win, it's how much better are you than the person that lost against you when you really look at it? They say, man, that Olympians, what is the biggest difference in the first place winner compared to the person that came in fourth? Truly not much of a difference. Mm -hmm. Marginally isn't much of a difference between the two. What comes down to it is what is this person doing and how are they behaving and how do they treat themselves mentally the day of, the day before, in life in general? Is there anything you're doing, man, involved with sick games at all that you're willing to speak on behalf of? Or is a lot of that just uh, not as much involvement quite yet? Yeah, right now, all I know is that I'm going to be a part of the sick games. I'm not going to be playing the first year, but I know I'll be a part of it alongside you and Sabri. So I'm very, very excited and looking forward to that. Um, I'm not sure in what role or capacity I'll be used or I'll be a part of. But whatever I can do, man, I'll be there. And, uh, you know, I'll be the biggest advocate, um, you know, for sick athletes, number one, and also for 3x3 basketball. I love that, brother. And uh, lastly, man, what would be like your, you know, just, and I know you could probably go on a tangent on this, but if you could give any advice to someone who, you know, is growing up culturally in a situation where their parents or their loved ones are telling them, no, no, don't take the risk of trying to spend all your time and energy in this professional sport, whether it be basketball, soccer, MMA, whatever it is, when someone takes a keen liking to wanting to become a professional in a sport, the risks that come with it, the opportunity costs, you name it, just when they have a support system that isn't as supportive as, let's say, one you have, what mm-hmm. advice would you give them in, in seeing what they could do to still find a way to pave a path for them professionally in the sport they want to play? And that's a that's a great question. And like you said, I, mean, I can talk about this for, for hours. But I think to keep it short and simple, um, 
man, two things that I like I would just kind of say, man, and I, it can have a big, really big meaning, but really it comes down to having no fear and no regrets, right? Nirpo Not having fear of what others think. What's that? That's a, a straight out of the Guru Granth Sahib. Nirpo Nirvair, if I'm saying Nirba, that. Yeah, Nirpo Nirvair, man. And I, it's so true, man. It's so simple. It's very true. Because if you just don't have fear, you know, why we have fear, man? We're only here for a short time. Mm. And we can't be worried about what others, you know. I got to do what I want to really want to do. It's a very short life. I, I want to live up to the most most potential that I can live this life in. So no no fear, no regrets. 100%, man. I love that. That is awesome. Where can we connect? Bad, actually, no, not even no fear, no no, no regrets. Yeah, man, it, there it is. I love it. 100%, man. <laughs> and uh, where can we connect with you, brother? We want to continue to support you. Our listeners would love to follow your journey out in Thailand. Where can we connect with you online to continue to follow the journey, man? Well, obviously, you know, I'm always available on my Instagram page. I want more followers at Indirbrickhill12. But also, uh, please follow 3BL Thailand. Uh, they're posting all the stats, when the next tournaments, and all of that stuff. Also, follow FIBA 3x3 Basketball. They'll list all the tournaments that are happening the next in the next year and all the tournaments that are happening. So uh, please support 3x3 Basketball, man. It's, it's, uh, it's changing lives. It's, uh, you know, giving a lot of players a chance that they didn't have to really live the life that they actually want to live and be happy. So I'm very, very grateful for this game and and uh, for this opportunity. There it is, man. I appreciate that so much. And uh, I'm excited to continue following the journey, man. Uh, you are out in Thailand. I must say, man, like I remember going to Thailand. I love that place. I want to know where are you in Thailand right now? Where are you residing? I am in Sukhumvit. I'm in Bangkok. Nice. Right. And uh, so I'm literally about 15 minutes from uh, downtown here. Uh, we've already, you know, I've only been here about about 10 days and seen some of the, you know, the sites and some of the temples. It's such a beautiful country, man. And the few food here is amazing. Uh, thai massage is only $6. Dude, you so get I've a Thai massage. Thai massage get- every other day. You get pad Thai, right? In the corner, you have Bro. Thai red curry. You got everyone saying Sabadi Kaf. Like, everyone's so nice <laughs> in Thailand, man. It's beautiful. Well, it's beautiful, man. But pad Thai and shrimp tempura and a Coke is $4, man. You can't beat that. You live like a king, they say, in Thailand, man. So I'm yeah, glad yeah. a chance to enjoy it, man. And, you know, keep doing everything you're doing. I'm so inspired by you, brother. Keep, keep, keep rocking and rolling out there. And, um, I'm excited for us to connect more in the future. Um, if any one of our guests, I'm sure, got a ton of value of this, please, you know, follow Inder Beer Gill, follow 3B <laughs> and, you know, let's continue to support him. And uh, we'll be following you from a distance, brother. We appreciate you, man. Well, thank you so much, Kenny. I appreciate talking to you, man. It was actually a lot of fun. I didn't even feel like this was like a radio interview or whatnot. <laughs> uh, it was just good topics, man. And I learned too from... From what you said, you said some really, really beautiful things. And it's going to help me. I know that. So thanks, brother. I appreciate it. And we'll connect soon. Thank you, bro. I appreciate that. This is a wrap from Full Switch Series on the Universal Radio Network. Tune in every Friday on 1440 AM, 6 to 8 PM Mountain Center Time. Thank you, Inderbeer. That's a wrap. Thank you, everybody.